I'm so thankful to be here this morning and uh, thankful for David for his uh, welcome and uh, introduction uh, to me coming up here to preach and to share. I'm just so delighted to be able to share uh, in this way as I've been asked to do. And of course, the topic is uh, embracing thankfulness. I'm smiling inside and I'm desperate to laugh. Uh, and the reason for that is that I've got two stories in front of me, very short ones, uh, that I find incredibly funny. And I hope you do as well. And I've got no idea whether you will because I can't hear you. Um, but I'm just by faith hoping that you laugh along with me. Uh, I, I remember hearing the story of this elderly lady and uh, she was testifying that she had only two teeth left in her mouth. Can you just picture that for a minute? This elderly lady, probably slightly wrinkled face and only two teeth, one in the top and one in the bottom. And she was rejoicing. And do you know why she was rejoicing? Because they hit that was amazing. Imagine this lady, and, and she had nothing really to rejoice about in her life, but she was rejoicing because her two teeth hit each other. Well, I find that funny, even if you didn't uh, this morning. But here's another one I heard just this last week, and uh, it's about being thankful for COVID. I mean, that sounds ridiculous to say that, but just let me uh, finish the rest of the story. And, and we have to be thankful for COVID-19 that it wasn't named something else. It wasn't named East Asian Respiratory Syndrome, E-A-R-S. Imagine a doctor saying, don't touch her, she has ears. Let's be thankful that it was called COVID and not ears. Um, a study was done fairly recently of actually 3.7 million people. That's a big study to be done. So it was taken over a number of years, obviously. And it was, it was over 13,500 hotels that were surveyed over 70 countries, and the researchers were trying to find out who in the world were the, the grumpiest travelers and who were the happiest travelers. True story. And here's the result. The grumpiest, I'm only going to go uh, the top three in both categories. The grumpiest travelers in the world, number three, were Icelandic people. Number two were Irish people. And top for being grumpy were... Spanish people, don't ask me why, I'm not going to try and explain it to you. But the happiest people who were travelers around the world were people from Lebanon. I've been to Lebanon, and it may be that they were happy to travel out of Lebanon, I'm not sure, but they were number three. Number two, wait for this one, the second top happiest travelers in the world were people from Serbia. Now, <laughs> I've got to tell you that just about 10 days or so ago, Scotland beat the Serbians at football. So maybe it's Scotland that should be in there as number two about the happiest travellers in the world. And number one were the Russians. Again, I'm not going to try and explain it to you. It's just a fact that that's what happened. But in a survey, this uh, neuroscience department uh, discovered that the number one choice that allowed people to live happy was to have a grateful and a thankful attitude. I think that's an amazing uh, discovery for scientists to find out uh, that we have had to have a grateful and a happy attitude, a thankful attitude in our life, and that helps us in our happiness. Well, it's about embracing thankfulness, actually according to the Bible, not according to people that do surveys, uh, strangely enough. 
And the first passage I want to turn to in Scripture is actually from uh, Paul's writing. He's writing from uh, writing to a church in Colossae. And so it's Colossians chapter 3, verses 15 to 17. Uh, and I'm reading from Peterson's message. For no other reason than I like it, and I think it just brings it to life, uh, what Paul was trying to say. And so Paul says, let the peace of Christ keep you in tune with each other in step with each other. None of this going off and doing your own thing. And cultivate thankfulness, he said. Cultivate thankfulness. In other words, work at it. Choose to be thankful. Cultivate thankfulness. Let the word of Christ, the message, have the run of the house. Give it plenty of room in your lives. Instruct and direct one another using good common sense. And sing, sing your hearts out to God. Let every detail in your lives, words, actions, whatever, be done in the name of the Master, Jesus. Thanking God the Father every step of the way. Paul saying, choose to be thankful. I think that's, that's profound because it's not coming from me. It's coming from the Apostle Paul. Utterly profound. That to be thankful in life, we actually need to choose to be thankful. In other words, when we get up in the morning, no matter what lies ahead of us, no matter what we're facing in the day, we need to choose to be thankful for the things that are good in our lives, the things that God has given us, the person that God is, that we need to be choosing to be thankful. And the same when we put our head on the pillow at night, to choose to say thanks for the day in spite of hiccups and bumps in the road and difficulties and issues. I want to thank you, God, for the day. The psalmist in Psalm 100, verse 4 and 5, says this, Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him. Bless his name. The message version says this, Enter his gates with the password, thank you. Those of us who are zoomed out know what it is to actually put in an ID number and then a password. Well, when we enter God's courts, we do it by putting in the password, thank you. (laughs) I find that amazing. It's usually hard, at least it is for me, if it's not for you, it's usually hard to understand why things happen uh, in life. Um, Sometimes things go horribly wrong in life and I know that and you probably do as well but the big thing about it is our attitude towards those things that go horribly wrong I've got some really good friends that I've been in touch with over the last few days different people individuals different parts of the country in fact and they've got they've got issues in life some of them with with jobs some of them with their health some of them with relationships and it's not easy It's not easy to get up in the morning and be incredibly thankful for the difficulties of life. But actually when their attitude is one of coming into God's presence with the password thank you, then things take on a different perspective for them. And actually they know the presence of God. They've begun to make it their lifestyle. Paul says to the church at Thessalonica, rejoice always, pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances. For this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. I can just imagine some of you this morning 
saying, hang on a minute, Colin, you have no idea about my life. You have no idea what I've been going through and what I'm now going through. You have no concept. And that's absolutely true. I don't. But, and you're probably expecting me to say it, and so I'm going to say it anyway, but I do know the God who is bigger than any problem. I do know the God who is able to do immeasurably more than we can ask or imagine. I do know the God that loves you and wants the very best for you. He's not a killjoy. He's not here to to push you down into the mud and keep you there. He's not one of those kind of deities that just comes into your life and goes away again and ignores you and doesn't really want anything to do with you when you get it wrong. That's not who our God is and the God of the Bible is. He's the one who loves you with a love that's immeasurable. It's unconditional love that he's got for you. In other words, it's in spite of your circumstances and who you are and what you've done, all of that. He loves you. Matt Redman, one of the more famous, if you like, in our day and generation songwriters, uh, has written this song that many of us will know. And it goes like this. Don't worry, I'm not going to sing it. I'm just going to read it to you. Blessed be your name. When I'm found in the desert place, though I walk through the wilderness, blessed be your name. You know, he wrote this song in the aftermath of 9-11. As he wandered about the streets and he saw the carnage that was going on, this is what he wrote. Blessed be your name on the road marked with suffering. Though there's pain in the offering, blessed be your name. In other words, choose to bless God. Choose to be thankful in spite of the circumstances. And maybe you're saying, I'm in that desert place, Colin, or I'm walking through that wilderness, or, or I'm on that road marked with suffering. There's pain in the offering, Colin. Can I, with all the grace that I can muster, say to you, would you choose to be thankful to God, to say, God, I don't understand it. God, I'd rather be somewhere else. I'd rather not go through these things, but I'm so thankful to you for who you are and for what you've done in my life and what you've yet to do in my life. Rick Warren, who would be senior pastor at Saddleback Church in California, said this, God smiles when we praise and thank him continue. Think about that one. God smiles when we praise and thank him continually. Few things feel better than receiving heartfelt praise and appreciation from someone. God loves it too. An amazing thing happens when we offer praise and thanksgiving to God. When we give God enjoyment, our own hearts are filled with joy. It's that two-way thing that uh, Pastor Jim was talking about last week. When we give God enjoyment, our own hearts are filled with joy, Rick Warren puts it. And that's true. And it's biblical. And it's incredible when it happens. You see, God wants to bless us when we bless him and bless his holy name. I've got a friend, uh, yeah, more than, more than one friend, but one friend that I want to talk about just now. And he runs an organization called Value the Person. And it is what it says in the tin. And so he goes into companies, some very, very large multinational companies, companies, 
and some quite small companies, but he goes into these places and uh, places of employment and he, he trains up people uh, how to value other people. And so he teaches people, no matter whether it's the CEO or, or the janitor or uh, the directors or the secretarial staff or whoever, uh, he'll take a whole organization and take weeks and weeks to go through with them individually uh, what it is to value other people. And, and not so very long ago, he uh, brought into his organization uh, the Gallup organization. And he invited the Gallup organization to actually do a study on what happens when people value other people. And Gallup, as a, as a credible research organization, came up with the fact that when people are valued, their productivity goes up. Productivity means different things in different settings. I get that. But when we're valued, when people are valued, when they're made to feel as if we want you here, you've got something to contribute to this organization, then their, their work rate goes up. They feel happier in themselves, and, and so it really works. Can I tell you that there is no better place that that should be happening than in the church? We should be telling each other, we should be letting each other know how much they are valued, how much we really appreciate them. And you know what will happen? Their spirit will rise. And they'll probably do even more than they're doing right now. And you'll be blessed in giving it and sharing it with them. Last week, Pastor Jim, my heart almost missed a beat when I heard him talking about the 10 leopards, because I thought, oh my goodness, I'm going to be talking about that as well. But fortunately, he used it just as a relatively small part of what he preached, and it was lovely what he had to say. I want to read that passage to you this morning, or along with you this morning. It's about 10 men. It's about 10 life-changing experiences. It's about one transformed life. And so Luke chapter 17, verse 11 to 19 says this. Now on his way to Jerusalem, Jesus traveled along the border between Samaria and Galilee. And as he was going into a village, ten men who had leprosy met him. They stood at a distance and called out in a loud voice, Jesus, Master, have pity on us. And when he saw them, he said, go show yourself to the priests. And as they went, they were cleansed. And one of them, when he saw he was healed, came back, praising God in a loud voice. He threw himself at Jesus' feet and thanked him. And he was a Samaritan. And Jesus asked, we're not all ten cleansed. Where are the other nine? Has no one returned to give praise to God except this foreigner? Then he said to him, rise and go. Your faith has made you well. In every sense of the word, these ten men were outcasts. Nine of them Jews, one of them Samaritans. You might well remember the story in John 4 where we discover that Jews and Samaritans don't get on with each other and won't have anything to do with each other. And yet these ten were together, nine Jews, one Samaritan. The common denominator was that they all had leprosy. They were cut off from their families, their friends, forced to live a lonely life from everyone they loved. They could have no contact with anyone else who didn't share their disease and that's why they stood at a distance when Jesus came into that area. They stood back so that they wouldn't pass on this leprosy.
But they called out to Jesus in a loud voice, it says, so that they could be heard because their disease had put them in this terrible, awful position and cut them off. Some people have said, why did not every leper in Israel come for healing? Because there were many more than these nine Jews and the one Samaritan. They didn't come because, well, they didn't have any sense of knowing who it was that could heal them and deliver them. But these ten heard about Jesus and they came. They came seeking something. They came hoping for something. They came longing for something that would change their lives. And in Jesus, they found it. And so Jesus sends them on their way to show themselves to the priest. And that was, that goes way back to the Old Testament times. In the book of Leviticus, we discover there that actually uh, these uh, people who had leprosy uh, were, were invited, were asked to go and show themselves to the priests as a statement of, yes, we believe we can be healed. And as they went to the priests, uh, they were healed. And so that's what they did. When Jesus said, go and show yourself to the priests, and they did that. And um, as they went they were declared clean. They went in obedience. They walked in some kind of measure of faith, but it wasn't until they started that journey that the healing came. And you know, that's still absolutely true today. If you are looking for the meaning to life, if you are looking for answers to the issues in your life, you will only find them in Jesus. These lepers discovered that. Why don't you do what those 10 men did and come to Jesus and ask him to transform your life? Too many of us try on our own. Try to sort the problems of life out on our own instead of coming to the one who can answer our needs and who can meet our needs, every single one of them. All 10 were healed, but only one, the Samaritan, returned giving thanks and praising God. And each and every one of these men had cause to give thanks and to praise the name of God, but only one took the time to do so. Only one had his life truly transformed by the grace of God. Only one responded in gratitude. Let me begin to draw this to a conclusion this morning. There was a Swiss author, Henri Frederick Amel, who wrote, thankfulness is the beginning of gratitude. Gratitude is the completion of thankfulness. Thankfulness may consist of merely words. Gratitude is shown in acts. We can be thankful for many things, but if we don't act on it, we have not expressed gratitude. In other words, thankfulness and gratitude are two quite different things. We can all be thankful for things, but unless we show gratitude, it's really not the full picture. Think of how many people you know who appear to have so much in life and yet they're miserable or discontent or unsatisfied with life. Why is it? Often because they fail to cultivate that attitude of gratitude. I was talking to some people just last week on the way to church and we're talking about the fact that uh, even in church life, even amongst the Christian community, um, People can not show gratitude for things that we've done or things that we've said. In fact, are, sometimes people are very unthankful. And there are so many people down through the years who have felt hurt by other Christians 
but other people who didn't appreciate, didn't value them, and they're now nowhere. They're not in church anymore. Let me just very quickly give you a, a very short story. It's a true story. I met a lady that happened to be at a funeral and uh, happened to be sitting quite close to her, and I, I recognized her and waved over and uh, just very briefly asked her, you know, which church did she go to these days? And she said, you know, Colin, since the day and hour that I was asked to leave the church that she belonged to, I haven't been back to church again. This was somebody who got themselves pregnant when they were a teenager and they were asked not to come back to church. And if they did come to church, to sit at the back. And if there was communion, they weren't allowed to take it. And so I calculated 33 years had passed. That lady had never been back in a church. That's not right. (laughs) That is not right. Sometimes our attitude can turn people off. Let's not be those kind of people. Let's be those kind of people who show not only thankfulness to other people, but show gratitude to value people so that they feel valued, so they feel, yes, I'm worth something. Yes, I belong here. Uh, Let's be those kind of people and not the kind of people that chase people away. An attitude of gratitude uh, ought to distinguish the child of God, the Christian, from the rest of the world. And it often does, of course. Let me finish. Maybe you guys want to come up and just be ready to lead us in our final worship song. The takeaway from today's sermon is this. There's a difference between thankfulness and gratitude. Thankfulness is when we are genuinely thankful for something or someone. Gratitude is when we do something to show our thankfulness. Maybe this week, you'll just choose not just simply to say thanks to somebody, but to do something about it. It could be an email. It could be a phone call. It could be a card. It could be flowers. Whatever you choose. Choose to do something this week that is demonstrating your gratefulness for other people. And this week, why don't we choose to demonstrate our gratitude to God for who He is and for what He's done in our lives and what He's yet to do within us. Let's finish 2020 with grateful hearts. It's not a year that any of us signed up for. But let's finish 2020 as a people with grateful hearts. Let me pray just now briefly as the guys lead us in worship. Father, thank you for the accounts in the Bible that show us very clearly what it means to be thankful and grateful. Help us, Father, as much as is within us, to be people that are known as gracious and grateful people because Jesus has shown his grace to us inviting us into his kingdom. May we be a people that are always grateful for what Jesus has done for us and it's seen in us and through us and people will notice that we've been with Jesus and be attracted to him. We pray it as we offer our worship to you now in Jesus' name. Amen.